Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. This is Tom and Bach, coming at you live from Koppel Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America, on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Here are your hosts, Tom Stevens. I, I always tell people, I just hope they see a guy that loves what he does. Jake Bakoven. I didn't get any stupider, I know that. Uh, I had never been very smart. Tom and Bach starts now. It's hour number three of Tom and Bach. Tom Stevens here, Jake Bachhoven there. Tanya Taki. Uh, Tanya Taki will uh, talk to us uh, at about 1230 this afternoon. We'll talk a little Husker volleyball. She watches every game. Uh, and a reaction to the sweep from Ohio State after beating Illinois on Thursday night, a top 25 team, a much better competition type team, uh, Ohio State. Seventh in the country, swept Nebraska. All three sets were close, so I want to talk a little Husker volleyball with Tanya Taki uh, coming up in about 15 minutes or so. I had this conversation with you uh, going into the break, and we we kind of discussed it before the show a little bit as well. It feels like the momentum that you're getting, if you're talking about culture, if you're making a case for Husker football culture, you could start with the defense and the improvement uh, that Nebraska has made since the beginning of 2018 until now defensively. I think there was a thought at one time that Eric Shenander was the weak link of this entire coaching staff. That why are you bringing that guy off from UCF? They didn't stop. Their only job was to try to take the ball away occasionally at UCF and get it back to the offense, not to even slow offenses down. Um, and then Nebraska couldn't even take the ball away. I mean, they haven't. Been, they've still not been always great in that category. Uh, but there's some some definite improvement on this defense. If you're talking about this football team in general, you would start with the defense as the foundation. Uh, they, they just faced a team that averages 44 points a game, whatever it is for Ohio State. They're the number one offense in the entire country. And there were times where they were shutting them down. Um Nobody has uh, – Ohio State hasn't been under 100 yards rushing this entire season, but they were Saturday night against Nebraska's defense. And you saw guys that obviously have been playing with stuff, JoJo Doman, um, flying around and making plays, and you would not know anything was ever wrong. But apparently there is some stuff like that. And these super seniors that care about the program. And you, if you point to that, you say, that's the reason you should keep Frost. But you're not really arguing for Frost. You're arguing more for Eric Shenander. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, if you told me, you know, that we're going to bring Frost back but not Shenander, I would say, well, then what's the point? You know, right. because your momentum is with on the, within that defensive side. Uh, it is going to be interesting. They they did get a big boost compared to the offense as far as retaining players. You know, JoJo Doman, mm-hmm. those two safeties, Ben mm-hmm. Stilley, all these guys yeah. decided to come back as super seniors, where the offense lost a couple offensive linemen that they yeah. could have severely needed to the NFL. You know, Dedrick Mills could have been welcomed back. Um, so uh, mm-hmm. it it is kind of interesting. But 
but you know that kind of speaks to the culture of your defense is that those guys want to come back and want to uh, play for you um, and want to perform and, and get another year uh, give a go at it um, um, but some of it's also just situational because um, you look at those guys it's about time to move on um, especially running backs you don't want to pile on too many carries so uh, it's kind of interesting to do that there but the the defense ha- has been playing great and this is this is kind of a bounce back game for him because over the last couple weeks you know 28 points yeah. to Purdue 30 points to Minnesota it's not the defense that we saw yeah. earlier in the year yeah. and they came back and it uh, the, the the future is definitely bright it's interesting if you kind of think about a lot of those players going to move on yeah. you know how how is that defense is going to be just as good next year but it really a lot of it is scheme per, scheme based because yeah. regardless of who they have Nebraska has been outmatched talent-wise against Ohio State and Oklahoma, mm-hmm. and you've and you've looked darn near um, close to the best against those teams, um, not just this year, but over the last several years. So, I mean, Eric Shenander, uh, hats off to that guy. He's been doing a lot, and, you know, Happer says a lot. It's, it's kind of a um, – there's not too many great players on that defense. It's just kind of a um, one-heartbeat, all-together um, all type of group. And so that kind of gives you hope that moving forward, um, they can keep that momentum even if you um, lose a couple of those players. It reminds me of a Wisconsin-type defense. Yeah. Right? Where you – have high flyers everywhere but they and they do have really good athletes i'm not saying that wisconsin doesn't and i'm not saying nebraska doesn't they both do it's just that no one guy necessarily stands out it's more of a team defense yeah. that you notice uh four six four five six eight five the honda lincoln hotline hi eric how are you i'm good how about yourself good good so okay so i'm sitting here listening to everything you've said and listening to some things over the weekend after going to the game Saturday. We've all seen the same thing. So it's hard to understand sometimes how people seem to be so ready. And it sounds to me like they're, they're probably going to retain Frost. But what do we really get out of that? Because right now you were talking about the defense and Coach Shenander. Well, the part of the, the team that, Frost has the least to do with is the most successful part of the team. And then when you look at the coaching staff, what's more likely to happen in the off season, given what we've seen the last four years, that other teams are going to come in and poach guys like uh, coach Fisher or other coaches off our defense. So we, we're going to end up, we could end up losing the guys we want to keep and then end up probably keeping some of the guys that a lot of people think they should move on from. Mm-hmm. So then you take the next part of it is, and then the next argument is, well, the buyout. You know, the buyout's $20 million. Well, what is the opportunity cost of losing another season over $5 million? Because in essence, if, if we get the same movie next year, the buyout is now $15 million. So it's not like the... 20 million just magically goes away. We knock 5 million plus whatever he's accrued or whatever's accrued left. So then, so what we're saying is it's worth $5 million to take another chance at this. Mm-hmm. It, it almost is like this twisted version of Stockholm syndrome that we're in where the captor is this losing mentality and we've all just somehow acquiesced to it. Yep. I don't mean everybody, but it just it just feels like by not moving on, we're just giving in to this because the arguments aren't there. It's not there for the money. It's not there for the coaches. It's not there for the players. Their best players are gone. And 
next year you have a bunch of new talent with a coaching staff in a, in a circumstance that we've seen the outcome of. We have the body of work for four years. So if you had to bet on which way it's going to go in year five and you put everything else into the equation, I mean, if they keep him, they keep him. Also go to the games. Yeah. But it, it, I think yeah. that's the problem. I don't Eric. understand the mentality. Yeah. I think that's the problem, Eric. Yeah. There's we, thanks we, for the call there. Eric. Yeah, we, uh, but but you saw it on on Saturday. Yeah. Everybody was going into the game, and we and we noticed um, it. And, and, and like you said, it was a, maybe a little less traffic or whatever. Everybody's going into the game moping around, not believing for um, a second that Nebraska is going to win that game. Yet there's eighty five thousand right. strong there cheering for the Huskers, and right. you know, and I think that that's part of it. And we talk about that tie to Scott Frost, and and that's that's still going to happen. Is is that um, you you may not believe it's going to work, but you'll still cheer for the guy right. because just he's still one of your own. Yeah, but it's not like there's nothing to sell. I mean, these guys do keep fighting, uh, and they have maybe build a culture on the defensive side. I don't see as much optimism on the offensive side, especially if you're talking about your captain leaving and Scott Frost telling us at the podium, he's dramatically better than what we've got behind him. So that yeah. kind of tells you they're going to lose something there on offense. Uh, they're, they are going to lose guys on defense, but you're hoping that the culture that has been there with the older guys is seeping into some of these younger guys and they know the Nebraska way, whatever way that might be. Uh, and that's the reason to be optimistic for the future. Uh, but it's going to – I don't know how much you can sell that. Uh, but it's where we are. It's, it, it is where we are. It feels like this is going to be the same movie again next year with maybe just a couple of new actors. Yeah, and it is to me. It's just it's 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 selling it that that I have the problem with is how we're going to do this over the off season, and we've had the past two off seasons um, again where there's just not much there. You can kind of make cases um, for this or that, um, and the results come back the same. Just as um, you, if you're honest with yourself, yeah. uh, kind of what you expected, um, and it's been that way since the big year two movement um, of Nebraska when um, they're in the top twenty five. Every other season, there's not a whole lot of momentum going into the next year, um, and with all the turnover that you're going to see personnel wise um, this year, I don't think there can be that much coming off of what might be a three and nine probably at best four and eight season and again so my my fear is that you're going into next year going well I hope they can make a bowl game well that's that was supposed to be temporary for Nebraska that was supposed to be very temporary that we'd lower our standards to maybe they can just make a bowl game and now you're going into three years doing it with two of them having failed um so I'm I just I I hope that they wait and see if I hope they don't make the decision this week. And Steve Sippel wrote an yeah. article that basically if they believe in him, they should believe in him now just as much as they um, believe him after two weeks. To me, in a results-based business, you got to do it. Yeah. You still have stuff to prove. I don't, you, know, you didn't make the bowl game. Massive embarrassment. Big failure. Mm-hmm. But you can still go out there and get wins against Wisconsin and Iowa that haven't been done in years. Yeah. Make that worth something. Make that sure. mean something. Don't just make your decision now. Yeah. Say you guys got to you've got to show us something because like we're mentioning yeah. in this in this in this uh segment, like he was talking about, all the momentum's on the defensive side of the ball. And Scott Frost long term is an offensive yeah. coach. Yeah. So what are you doing there? Because I mean at at some point you you have to get that movement yeah. going because Shenander, if he keeps doing well, yeah. he's gonna leave. And then what are you going to be stuck um, with? Uh, just get to five, Bob. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. 
Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. That's what you need that to do. That was our old mantra. Yeah, uh, I don't know if it's there anymore. Brian, uh, welcome on the Honda of Lincoln Hotline. Hi, Brian. Hey, guys. Uh, been listening intently here uh, to the conversation, and I'll preface my comment by saying, hey, I'm rooting for, for Scott. I hope he can do it. Obviously, <laughs> evidence so far hasn't been the greatest, but let's just assume he's coming back next year. And I think at a minimum – Amongst the changes he's got to make, he's got to look at the system he's running offensively. I think it was your show I called in at the start of the year. One of the keys was not just the play of Martinez, but the depth. If you're going to run this offense uh, the way they've been doing the past four years, the quarterback is taking a beating. And whether it's Martinez or anyone else back there, they're not going to make it through a season. So I guess what I'm trying to say is it's okay to win ugly in the Big Ten. It's a brutally physical conference, and in addition to the uh, special teams, I think there's got to be some major changes to the yeah. offense yeah. Uh, going into next year. Yeah, uh, I, I make the point every week. I mean, look at some of the ugly offenses you get in the Big Ten. Uh, Illinois, who beat Nebraska, and has now since then beaten Penn State and had a great win again this past weekend over Minnesota, has way more impressive victories they're not just you know knocking on the door kind of like nebraska is they're they're knocking it down in the very first year of brett bielema with athletes that i don't think are as good as nebraska's not nearly as good as nebraska's um that's coaching when you do that that's coaching uh and now we're at year four and the coaching feels like has it gotten better or the players just getting better in spite of it uh i don't know is it just because they have a bunch of super seniors and they have you know, extra coaches on the field? I don't know the answer to that. Uh, but it's hard to s- compare the resume of Frost to Bielema and say that he's better than that or that he's you know, certainly better than, than P.J. Fleck. We know the job that P.J. Fleck has done, and he's just signed a big extension. Uh, Harbaugh looks to be back. Maybe you say, could say, well, he's as good as Tom Allen. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. um, he, Jeff Brom looks like he's back in coach of the year candidate form. Uh, you know, it, where's Frost? If you're doing a ranking right now and you're saying we're bringing him back, it's not because he's ranked number one or two. No, I mean, it, it, I think all those coaches have to go back and look and, and it'll de- depend on how things turn out there at Illinois. But I think almost every coach to a T will have had a more success at their school than than Scott Frost had, has had in four years. But again, we're looking at the bottom line. We're looking at wins and losses. The Frost supporters necessarily are not, and, and they're looking at um, being close and getting over the edge. And again, I am incredibly impressed with how they played against Ohio State. I think it's beyond impressive to go in there against Oklahoma. And there's at times when you have to make the fire, a lot of times it's usually th- this team's lost. They're not anywhere close. They're getting blown out against big-time opponents. And that's not happening. So I understand why y- you still feel like they're close, but it's not those games. Frost said something after the, after, after the game Saturday where it was, you know, I, I just didn't do my job as far as getting them as much ready to go this week that I do, you know, as you know, in those other weeks than mm-hmm. I did this yeah. week, and that's the problem. The Ohio State and Oklahoma performance; these are incredible. They're they're gr- <laughs> for what it's worth. They're great losses. They're losses yeah. I can stand yeah. to watch or again. Michigan, even yeah, they, I mean, yeah, yeah the other they're good fights. Yeah. Even Michigan State, but 
it's the Minnesotas, the Illinois, yeah. the Purdue's yeah. that happen year in and year yeah. out, and, and those aren't bad programs. Minnesota was just in the top twenty-five. Yeah. Purdue has knocked off two top yeah. five opponents, but again, but you're going to have to play those guys year in and year out. It's 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 not that I don't think that he can coach for a living. I think he's certainly got a future here. I, you're just held to a very high standard when you're coaching in the Big Ten and making that sort of money, and you, and you ultimately have to get over the hump, and they just have not done it. And again, to me, the the only saving grace for them is their defense, and that's Eric Shenander. And uh, and 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 I don't know, like if he continues doing as that well, you kind of think of back the old uh, the transition to from Bill Callen yeah. to Bo Pelini, where you keep Sean Watson. That'd be a good a good thing that maybe think yeah. about moving forward. But then again, you know, Shenander's so tied to Frost is it, would he be, you know, comfortable doing that uh, as opposed to just taking a job elsewhere? Cause Shenander's name has got to be moving up the ranks of other people that are looking up for defensive coordinators, considering the job that he's yeah. done here at Nebraska being the saving grace for right. Frost and the staff. Yeah, and why would he want to stay just one more year? If he thinks it's just one more year, yeah. uh, that would be uh, one reason why, you know, coaches currently on the staff might look around. Um, I can't get over. I, I, I go back to the play because it's fourth and four at the 13 yard line. Uh, and, you know, I think it's the number one thing that I want to talk about today. It was the number one spotlight issue that I noticed after the game. Like that says a lot about you that you're sending in. And we've had this conversation in our number one, a field goal kicker who's already missed a field goal, uh, who just had to win a battle to get the starting gig. Over a quarterback that is now in, you know, he's been here a lot. He's, this is for year number four. Uh, this is a guy that has been here for a while, has been your team captain a couple of years, and that's the guy you trust that guy more than you trust number two to go get four yards. Um, I never thought we would become come to that discussion in in the Scott Frost era. The guy that stood up and said, "Well, we're gonna, you know, they're gonna have to adjust to us." Yeah. Uh, not only have you adjusted to the Big Ten, you've over-adjusted. Like <laughs> I would rather see, I would rather see that early version of Scott Frost, the aggressive Scott Frost, the bravado Scott Frost, the the overconfident Scott Frost, than the one that we're seeing right now that won't go for it on fourth and four with a kicker who's not battle tested by any means. Well, I think it's good that he's learned, and, and this kept him in some games, to play complimentary football to his defense. And you'll hear him after the game. He talks about how what a great performance it was from his defense. Uh, he understands that that's what's keeping him in these games. And and to his credit, I think coaching to that has worked. And and to I, I think he probably told Adrian early in that first quarter, don't press, we're in this game, it's it's one possession game. you know. Yeah. So some of that stuff, I think, is, is good. You know, to to adjust to the complimentary football. It's what I've been asking for a long time. So I can't complain about it now. But you've got to also play complimentary football to your strengths. That's your defense. It's not your special teams. Your special teams is a gigantic weakness. Your field goal kicking in in specific has been awful. It's just bad. So to and then the other part is just I just don't understand how at that point you can't and, and some people. Well, you know, it's it's not, not quite a 50-50 thing in my mind, but there's a lot of people that will stand up for the field goal there. I just think it's an atrocious decision, especially when you're on the attack. You finally have uh, – your offense isn't routinely moving the, the ball down the field. You have the chance to take the lead, 
And at worst, then then Ohio State gets the ball right there, and they have to move all the way down the field. So you're already trusting your defense. It was just if you're the underdog and you need a win, and it's not just a normal underdog scenario. It's an underdog scenario where you are on the hot seat or at least looking awful. You need a victory in the worst way, and you're outmatched, and and you're you're at home, and you have the momentum, and you have the chance to take the lead in the fourth quarter. And instead, you you try to cut it to three, so you um, need another field goal from your offensive, your, your, your atrocious field goal. It didn't unit make any sense. Just a tie. It didn't make any I sense. I just don't understand it. Uh, maybe it's a small thing, and maybe I'm the only one that thinks about this. What was the last trick play that you remember under Scott Frost? It would be the first that I can remember. Uh, they've had so many one score games this year, and they played pretty well at times in all of them. Um, and Oklahoma, maybe, if it's there, or Michigan State, if it's there, or Michigan, when you really needed a big play in third down, do you think that you might have one, maybe on a field goal? You could fake a field goal knowing that, it, why is that a big risk? You're not going to make the field goal anyway. Uh, right. So fake, I just don't understand, and, and every time I say it, uh, a relative will say, man, they can't execute first down. How are they going to execute a trick play? And ha, 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 ha. Yeah. Uh, but come on. Uh, you don't have anything in your arsenal, a backward lateral uh, to a wide receiver who throws it to a tight end. Yeah. Something. Some type of equalizer or something that, right. that when you can't do it, that's the exact reason why you need it. When you can't do it just uh, moving you know, first down uh, one-on-one, it's not working all year. You need to find something that in that moment can throw them off. How many reverse passes to the quarterback have you seen in the NFL this year? 15 times. The last three years. Uh I've seen college teams do it. Penn State should have won the game against Illinois doing it. Uh, they, they didn't execute it. Maybe that's your concern. But my gosh, you've not been good in the red zone, like terrible in the red zone this year and last year and the year before. And you don't have a gadget play that maybe you could draw up to try to fool somebody, maybe even yourself, and score a touchdown. I just – I. I just don't understand how you can play this many big one-score games desperately needing the victory, and you don't have one gadget play. Even sli- it doesn't even have to be a big gadget play. Just something, uh, and it's, I just noticed that, and it bothers me. Hey, at least they ran the Xavier Betts reverse this week. That's right. <laughs> hey, maybe reverse, we'll it to him all the time. reverse it to him the second time and have him throw it. Yeah. I, 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 just, I, I want to get that guy the ball. Uh, that guy deserves the football, and he's just not getting enough. Uh, targets because when he catches it he's really good again it might be the whole Jacquez Yant conversation as well I mean whoever practices is the best we've heard that before uh gets the most reps gets the most snaps whatever um let's get the break and come back with Tanya Taki uh former Husker volleyball star Nebraska one and one over the weekend they they won on Thursday against Illinois on the road stayed on the road and played Ohio State Saturday night uh, and that didn't end as well, but we'll talk about a uh, little Husker volleyball with Tanya Taki coming up next. Download our app by searching 93.7 a ticket in your app store to stay in touch and listen all day long wherever you are. This is Tom and Bach. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. 
Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.